Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD 101, information, thoughts, and insights on meds. Uh, We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show um, and write down the secret word of that show and then just email me the the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made and we'll get into the show. When you have ADHD, putting in an eight-hour workday while maintaining maximum concentration can be a challenge. Here are some strategies to help make your physical environment less distracting. Use your laptop, smartphone, or alarm to track appointments and deadlines. Break up long tasks into shorter ones. Take breaks and walk around. Before you leave work, take five minutes to organize your work area for the next day. To learn more about workplace issues, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying Uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Welcome, everybody. We've been doing a series of shows trying to share just kind of lay of the land of ADHD, going from why get a diagnosis, how do you get a diagnosis, where do you get a diagnosis, uh, what is ADHD, how do you find good information, et cetera. And we're going to continue today. Um, our focus today is a little bit more on the realm of medications. And there's two kind of meds. There's medications in what I call MEDS which is actually got to give a shout out to Brett Thornhill. That's an acronym he came up with. It means talk about medication, meditation, exercise, diet, and sleep. But before we get into that, my personal perspective is this, and I, I, I liked how Rick Green said it uh, when he when he was at Totally ADD. I'm not pro med, but I'm anti suffering. And I really want to say this: that in my opinion, nobody should ever or would ever want to take any kind of substance. Unless, long-term, their quality of life was better, right? Why would anybody want to go through radiation or chemo? Well, you'd do it. It's toxic, but you would do it to live longer. I have thyroid medication. I don't want to take it, but my quality of life is better. As well, I take high blood pressure medication. When it comes to ADHD medications, why would you take it? Well, 
If your long-term quality of life is better, you would. With that being said, I also want to sit and say is that a lot of people will say, hey, if I take medications, there's a long-term impact. There's some speculation, depends on who you talk to, that it can stunt growth and it create heart problems and stuff like that. I really don't want to get into that in detail. All I want to do is say that there might be long-term implications of that, but there's also long-term implications of not taking your medications. Higher divorce rates, more accidents, more disabilities, right? Lower performance at work, in school, failed businesses. It begins to add up. <clears throat> My point really here is, is if you're going to make a decision, get a comprehensive decision. Don't just jump on something because you just are worried about something. So, before I get into medications, I really want to review uh, Brett Thornhill's little meds. No question, meditation is helpful for people with ADHD. When you think about it, meditation is about sitting there focusing on your breath. What happens is you begin to see your, your, your thoughts wander away, like you have an extraneous thought or whatever. The idea is to recognize it and bring your, your attention back to your breath. In a sense, it's a tension exercise, right? You're practicing that state so that when you get out into the real world, you can catch yourself when you're off topic and bring it back. The thing about meditation is it can be repetitive and boring. Just sitting there focusing on your breath when you've got other fun things to do or you've got bills to pay, chores to get done, it's difficult to spend that time and sit there and self-regulate long enough to do that without your mind worrying about other things. Exercise. Absolutely no question helpful for people with ADHD. In fact, I think some people are actually able to manage their ADHD with exercise. By definition, though, exercise is a tedious and repetitive act. Many of you like exercise and the benefits of it, which I acknowledge. But if you'll notice, most of the time when you're exercising, it's a social event. You're listening to a podcast. You're doing something else of interest. It's not just straight-up exercise. There are people that can do it, but it's in the minority most people are not trying to f find a way to make exercise interesting so they would do it. Diet. No question what you put in your body is there. But diet requires planning, requires preparation. You've got to cook it. You've got to clean it up. Repetitive and tedious tasks. Very difficult for people with ADHD. If you're going to do some of that stuff, if you're going to plan around it, you've got to minimize the planning. You've got to make it more fun. All kinds of stuff associated with that. That's another challenge for people with ADHD. Here's the trick, ADHD. They stay up. When you, when you go to bed and you put your head on the pillow, it should take you 15 minutes to fall asleep. That's incredibly boring. That's painful for people with ADHD. They won't sit there. They have a hard time regulating. They leap up and they find themselves entertaining their brain with their cell phone or TV or, or something of interest. Basically, their brain entertains themselves till they pass out out of exhaustion. They complain that they can't get up in the morning and want coaching to get up. Well, the issue is not getting up. It's actually going to sleep. Putting the phone and stuff down, that requires self-regulation. That's an impairment for people with ADHD. A lot of times, people have got to just lock that stuff away. These are all great for people with ADHD. There's no question. And some people could man manage their, their ADHD just by focusing on these. But typically, you need some help, not just willpower to grunt your way through that. A lot of great information out there, but I'd be wary of, of things that are uh, easy fixes. You can go buy all the stuff to get ready for exercise after the first of the year. 
but you're not going to exercise on a regular basis if it's not of interest, even though you feel better when it's over with. Okay, gears. Let's talk about medications. As I talked about earlier, is that um, why would you take a medication if your long-term, your life, you have a better quality of life? One of the challenges with medication, and I've, I've covered this before, is the media tends to demonize it, um, make it horrible and bad. Um, and so what happens is there's a lot of people that could benefit from medications, but they don't, they don't try them or they're not prescribed to them to a means of last resort. I'm not trying to advocate that everybody should be put on medications, but I think the education of what's going on and take a look at the individual and how much is their life impaired, it can be very helpful for many. Earlier, I alluded to, well, what are the long-term effects of medication? Right. Well, because you, you talk to different people, as I understand it, is when you take, well, I know when you take the medications, your appetite is suppressed. And so the research shows that growth rates in adolescents are slowed. That's a generalization, maybe kids and adolescents. My understanding is at some point in time, they catch up. I'm sure you can find something that's different on that, but that's an area of concern. Also, taking stimulant medications from a cardiac perspective is one of concern. I don't want to mitigate that. If there's no heart problems in your family and you're healthy and you exercise, I'm not so sure. There's a lot of a problem. There can be flukes. If you've got real cardiac problems or a long period of time and a family history of it, I think that's certainly worth taking note. Right? So you have the cardiac issues. You've got the sleep issues. Um, I've heard some people talk about some things that are related to Alzheimer's and um, Parkinson's disease. I've not been able to confirm any of that. That doesn't mean that it's there. Again, on the other side of it, number one, if you have a kid that's going through school, and I get this a lot, stop, sit down, quit that. To have ADHD and told over and over and over again what you're doing wrong and to struggle in school one or two incidents, no big deal, but when that's constant in your entire life, after a while, you get to where you get a negative self-image, and you get to where you don't believe in yourself, and you have no confidence, and um, your self-esteem is quite shot. I get adults that will call me up there at 35 and 40 where most, their, their self-esteem is so shot, they've, they've given up hope. That's an impact. If they maybe had the meds and were able to regulate, they might have been better in school and been more able to conform to the world a bit and might not have had that self-esteem shot. We've already talked about failed marriages, lots of relationship issues regarding this, businesses, et cetera. These are the long-term effects. The idea is sit down, think about what you're doing, right, in order to make a decision that's right for you, not just demonize it. Okay. Do the medications always work? No. Actually, I tell you what, let's go to a break because um, this is a topic worth kind of going into more detail. Our secret word tonight is 103. Time Timer has been a long-term advertiser. I encourage you to check out timetimer.com. It's a visual timing system. You have a regular, like a regular clock that we grunt with the, the hands. You have a digital clock. Those two clocks require a certain amount of cognitive effort for you to calculate the passage of time. Time timer is a visual timing system where you don't have to kind of do math in your mind, if you will. You can see a pie shrink 
And so you can see the passage of time. It alleviates the need to think. And thinking is part of ADHD is impaired. So it's a cognitive shortcut. And I encourage people that struggle with ADHD and time management to check it out and thank Time Timer for their continued support. Again, our secret word tonight is 103. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by gigcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're having like a ADHD basics class, and we're spending a little bit of time on medications. Uh, we covered the non-med meds, medication, exercise, diet, and sleep, and started talking about like the stimulants or other medications for the break. We're really going to pick up where we're going to continue. As a general rule, uh, most physicians say that medications can help 70 to 80% of the time. Um, I've talked to other uh, professionals that can get them to work like 90, 90, 90 to 95% of the time. Uh, a lot of time there's a gluten sensitivity or hormonal imbalance or some, some mineral issues that are there. There are some physicians out there that are good at this. They're not easy to find. Uh, we talked about that kind of in our last show. But, and the research shows hands down it's probably – it consistently has the greatest impact on helping people with ADHD. Now, the, the, as, the, on paper, the best uh, method of, of – of treatment is a multimodal approach where you might be taking medications, you might be doing some exercise, you have a coach, a therapist, or something like that. There's a few other things that are, that are taking place, but that's helpful. Let's talk about what to expect. People with ADHD, when they take medications, like I'll hear that from adults, oh my God, it was such a calming effect, which is confusing. They're, they're a stimulant. The way I've learned to describe this is if you go to an orchestra, and you're sitting there and everybody's warming up, you're not, not, everything is kind of like, there's like kind of chaos. And taking the medications is almost like the conductor comes up, taps a little light, and everybody kind of comes in sync. And when everybody kind of comes together, this there's a calm, soothing feeling of the music that kind of comes over. So it's kind of counterintuitive that you take a stimulant in order to kind of calm down. It's somewhat rare, but there are some people with ADHD where they actually stake the stimulant to sleep. Um, it's rare, but I, it's, I've, I've had a number of people where that, that, that happened with them on. One of the big problems with the stimulants is people have a high expectations. I'm going to take these, and the stimulants do not tell you what to pay attention to, and they don't teach you how to get organized. Really, all they do is they help you sustain focus longer on something you ordinarily wouldn't pay attention to. Now, this is the world according to Jeff. What I'd say is if you have something that you're interested in, right, 
Maybe it helps you a little bit, but it's so marginal you probably can't detect it. Where it helps you is when something's boring, right? And the way I describe it, if you could read five chapters of a book and your mind would wander off to the point in time you didn't know what you were reading, you had to read it over and over again. But now you can read four chapters of the book, the medications are working. So again, they're helping you sustain focus longer. A good physician will start you at a low dose. Dosage that will work for you depends on your digestive system, your liver functioning, and your metabolic rate. This is all oversimplified, and that changes. Um, so typically, you start at a really low dose, and you work your way up slowly until you kind of get over-medicated over and come back down. And a really good physician will have you try another drug, and they'll do that again. The idea is to get the right drug and the right dose at the right time. The different molecules and phenethamines, methylphenidate, they impact people differently, and getting the meds right is really more of an art than a science. Too often, people come to me, they were put on 10 milligrams of Adderall, and they say it didn't work, and they didn't talk to their physician about it. Sometimes you can have some people that are of size, maybe three or 400 pounds, and five milligrams of Adderall sends them off the charts. Other times you can have a kid that weighs 60 pounds, and they need 70 milligrams um, which is off the chart again. There's no direct way of doing this. It's a bit of an art of science. Another challenge that I find is when people um, take medications, um, the first couple days are the worst. Like it has a big impact on sleep. What I find is as a general rule is if people take it at first, there's going to be sleep issues for the first couple nights. But as time goes on, um, they get more accustomed to it. They still have some sleep problems, but it's not nearly as bad as it was at the beginning. Not only does the medication sometimes make it a little bit difficult to sleep. And by the way, you want to talk to your physician on this. Sometimes it's about making sure that you take the medications early enough so that they wear off in time um, so that you can go to sleep. Uh, that's there. You should also expect a few other side effects. As a general rule, appetite is suppressed. Um, I've got a lot of people that so suppressed they don't eat all day. Um, you, I say, you know, you have to begin to look at uh, medication as food. Uh, you eat before you take the medication in the morning, and then you take your protein bar, meal a day. It's like time to eat. It's not like you're going to enjoy it, but you're eating it because you need the food. Um, but, no, it suppresses appetite. A little-known fact that most people don't realize, it also suppresses um, your thirst. Um, stimulants, what they'll do is they dehydrate you, like caffeine or alcohol. Um, dehydration taxes your executive functions. But what's interesting is not only do they dehydrate you, but they suppress your urge to drink. So if you have ADHD and you're thirsty and you've been taking stimulant, you're kind of bonking at that point in time. Um, I spend a lot of time with the athletes that I coach. They got to drink a lot of water. It's not really a fun thing to do, but it's important that they do that. Some people get dry mouth as a result of this. Some people get ticks different types of things. I don't really have a lot of background on that, but these are the types of side effects that you'll get. A lot of times if you talk to your physician, there's things that they can adjust to kind of help mitigate some of these. As I described, the, the side effects tend to be more intense the first couple of days, and then they kind of subside a little bit. There's some discussions about medications like taking holidays. ADHD 24-7 is not just about work and school impacts, relationships, uh, sex lives, among other things. It's not as obvious, but it, there is some impact there. I'm a big advocate of do it 
what makes some sense. I've had a number of CEOs that I've coached before that will take medications like maybe Monday, Tuesday when they're doing heavy paperwork. The rest of the week when they're out and running out around the office, they don't necessarily need it for that. So that's something that you want to work with uh, your mental health professional physician and actually get to know your own self in order to kind of know what to do. The side effects, talk to your physician. There's certain things that you can do. Certainly exercise can help you if you're having some sleep issues because it kind of uh, helps you with that. Other things to know is that um, medications sometimes, well, they come in like there's instant release, which should last about four hours as a general rule. There's XR, which is a time release, extended release, might go eight. And there's some formulas that are going like maybe 12 hours. Know that if you're a high schooler, teenager, physicians are reluctant to prescribe instant release because it's a big black market type thing. People will get fake the diagnosis to sell the medications. So um, they're more apt to want to prescribe the extended release. Um, in those particular situations, again, it depends on your doctor on those things, but know that that's there. Um, sometimes a doctor will give you extended release and maybe a little bit like a immediate kicker for like a, a difficult night where you got a, a test or something like that, but know that that's there. Now, when it gets to the kinds of different medications, I'm going to just, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but there's amphetamines and methylphenidate. Um, those are two different molecules. Those are the most popular. There are some people who can't uh, handle the stimulants, and then they go to like Stratera. Um, by the way, well, I'm not going to get into the details of that. Um, and then there's some other medication. There's a high blood pressure medication that they use. That's there. There are times when some physicians are using like Wellbutrin and other more depressive type medications. Technically, they're not ADD drugs. They might relieve some symptoms that are there. But the, leave it to the physicians to do that. Sometimes it's helpful to combine those. But, again, you have to be careful with that, so I will leave that to them. So it's time to go to break. Again, our secret word tonight is 103. Again, a shout-out to Time Timer. If you struggle with time, maybe check out their website. You can get their timers in apps for your computer, for your cell phone or tablet. You can get physical watches, clocks for the walls, clocks with, with uh, uh, grease boards on them. Um, anyway. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? <laughs> Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now... Back to Attention Talk Radio. 
Welcome back, everybody. We are uh, I've been doing a couple shows here, um, three shows really, to do an overview of ADHD, why get the diagnosis, what is an impairment, getting in good information, finding people, medication, just to give people like kind of a high-level stuff. This is the kind of stuff I wish somebody would have like let me know when I began this area. Some of you probably don't want it, but other times it's I think some of you hopefully will benefit from it. We've been talking about medications. A few things that I want to kind of get back to a little bit uh, with regard to, to medications is, um, number one, in the morning, it's really pretty good to have protein for breakfast. Think of protein as it kind of manufactures neurotransmitters. Uh, medications help you put them in the right place, if you will. Also, people with ADHD have a tendency to gravitate time to high-carb diet. Eating protein with that is kind of kind of it's a time release thing uh, you can hit that sugar spike and be up and down whereas if you have um, protein that goes along with it it kind of level that stuff out something that I, I didn't um, say at the beginning um, when, I, when I should have and that is um, what is sleep I interviewed Dr. Roberto Olivardia years ago like what is sleep and he had a great analogy many of the younger people won't know this but years ago we used to have defrag on our computers and what defrag was is you'd turn your computer on it would spend all night because you have information that's scattered all over your hard drive. And what it would do is pick it up and put it back in certain areas, kind of organize it, if you will. Sleep is kind of like defrag over your brain. It might think of it like you're short on sleep. You wake up, you're kind of in fog. It's like your hard drive is spinning around looking for the information on it. Whereas when you sleep, everything gets put back where it's supposed to be. It's easier to find. I thought that was a great analogy, really, to kind of understand sleep um, and why it's so important. Um, Sleep deprivation, by the way, makes ADHD symptoms worse um, and a bit of a challenge. A few other things that are out there that are related to this, one of them is cannabis, which is very controversial. Um, there's the, the experts that I have talked to um, will talk about how cannabis, particularly for the developing mind, impairs executive functions. Um, and brain for a period of time, and there's, there's a lot of concern about it. A lot of older adults will tell me that it actually helps their ADHD. I got to be careful about this because I'm not an expert from a research perspective. Um, from what I know, cannabis can relieve some of the symptoms. Um, that can be short-term. I understand it could increase the symptoms long-term. Yet, I also have to say that years ago, multiple times in my life, I've gone in and had an EKG done on me. And every time they did it, they wanted to run me to the hospital. Later in life, I finally asked a guy, like, why do they want to send me to the hospital every time they run an EKG? And he says, well, your EKG looks like you're having a heart attack right now. In other words, your EKG, yours is abnormal, but it's your normal. So I'm not to say sometimes that stuff isn't helpful for some people, but there is a lot of favoritism that showed to people that would like to smoke it as a reason to do it. Um, I don't really want to go a lot more content on that. Um, another area I'd like to speak to is these are my personal beliefs, and you, we can agree to disagree um, over this, and that the diagnosis rate of ADHD has been on the rise as if it's being misdiagnosed. Um, I'm not going to, to doubt that people are not diagnosed or misdiagnosed, or they're seeking a diagnosis uh, for more artificial reasons. That said, um, in my conversation with the professionals, I think there's some reasons. Um, in the 60s and the 70s, um, smoking was more common. But with ADHD, 
have a greater propensity to gravitate to something like that and to they, they typically start earlier smoking and they smoke more well there's been some research that's done because nicotine helps you focus i've heard before that they were trying to come up with some type of nicotine patch as an altered treatment for people with adhd but they couldn't titrate it correctly so one of my hypothesis again this is hypothesis is that back in the 60s and 70s people were smoking and they were self-medicated they were being rewarded by the nicotine if you will but they were also being rewarded with higher levels of performance at work and school now the challenge of it is is nicotine's got some very very intense long-term potential effects like lung cancer etc needless to say is as smoking rates have decreased my thought is that might have contributed to the increase of diagnosis. Also, our world has become more complicated. ADHD is very much of a thinking impairment. And I know in the 90s, I used to work in Manhattan and had a secretary. And there was things like printers would go bad or whatever. I never had to deal with it. Now I've got my own office and I've got to deal with things that I only deal with periodically. So the cognitive demands that are required of me are greater. Or when I go to a website, I'm trying to reach the and interpret things um, that are confusing to me where I've got a question or an interpretation problem, um, it gets kind of frustrating. And so I think that there were people, there were high-functioning people with ADHD at one point in time that were doing fine, but the world has changed such that it's tipped the scales uh, to the other side, and it's created a little bit of a problem. Um, there are some other things, I think, that are out there societal that has actually kind of increased that. Um, um, etc. So with that, I'm, I think I'll pull this to a close. My hope is that those